Hello, Desert Mountain members. Happy New Year to everyone. Welcome to the first Desert Mountain podcast of the new year, 2022. We are on location today at the Outlaw Clubhouse, nestled up to the 18th green. My name is Patrick McKenzie. My name is Michael Craven. We're on the road. We're on the road. We're outside. Yes. Kim Atkinson is joining us as well. Kim, hello. Good afternoon. This is awesome. I think I would I'm like happy. To, I'd like to yeah. keep doing this. Yeah. Take it outside, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a lovely backdrop. For those of you watching on YouTube, we've got the 18th green here at Outlaw. Yeah. And what better guest to have on today uh, than the man who oversees the care of that beautiful green and this beautiful course, Todd Bone. Welcome, Todd. How you guys doing? Good, nice to good be with to you. Have you. Thanks for coming to my playground. <laughs> this is my playground. You're in my office today. I love it. One of many. One of many offices. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to sit down with us and and just kind of take a few minutes to get to know you a little bit better, talk about plans that are coming up and just some things on your mind. So it should be exciting. Great to be here. Look forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's let's get into it. So um, how many months now have you been with us at Desert Mountain? Still a new guy. I am. I'm relatively new. It's I just think. over six months. Oh, my uh, goodness. I got started July 5th. Okay. So you came here in the summer. You heard it was going to be hot. <laughs> yeah. Hot and dry. You heard about the, this dry <laughs> thing, and then what happened? Then uh, I, I, I don't know if it's me. Everybody says I'm the rain genie, I guess. But uh, <laughs> we ensued on about 13 and a half inches of rain uh, from July to about the 1st of September. Goodness gracious. It's a nice welcome gift for you. That is. Yeah. Especially, like I said, when you think you're coming from a place where it rains all the time and you yeah. deal with that out to a place that's supposed to be dry. Right. It was, it was an eye opener. I'm sure it was. Well, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about where you came from and maybe some highlights out of your career and some interesting folks that you've met along the way. Well, I've truly been blessed. I've I've been able to work at some great places and for some great people, but I grew up in a small town in Kansas. So I'm a Kansas kid, so a long way from here. That's great. Um, I grew up in a town of about 8,000 people. Oh, my goodness. My dad is uh, in the cattle business, and uh, so I always grew up, thought I was going to be a farmer. That was what my true passion was. Um, I farmed in the summer, and I was always a sports guy. I played golf in high school, taught myself to play, which if you watch me play, you'll probably recognize I taught myself to play, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, played college football for a year at a Division two school. Where, where'd uh, you play? Fort Hayes State in in Kansas. What's the mascot there? The mascot? Yeah. Tigers. Oh, okay. Tigers. Fort Hayes State you Tigers. You talked to me like I should have known that. <laughs> I mean, it you is Fort Hayes State. Come on. Um, but was there for a while and uh, figured I wasn't going to go anywhere with football uh, beyond that. So I thought I'd better figure something out. So I transferred to Kansas State University and uh, was in the ag econ because my dad my dad's a huge in the cattle business, like I said, and everybody's like, you're crazy not to do something like that. Well, then I realized I didn't want to live in a small town and wear uh, boots and jeans and a big cowboy hat every day to work. <laughs> and so uh, I always liked sports. And at the time, K-State was uh, developing the golf course management program with the development of Colbert Hills Golf Course, which is a big golf course there. Jim Colbert's an alumni of Kansas State. And uh, got in on the floor of that was part of the construction of that and um, got my degree and uh, 
ended up getting some jobs around uh, internships um, in Kansas City at various clubs. And most notably, I spent a summer in Long Island, New York at Shinnecock Hills out there um, in Southampton. That was an eye-opener for a kid from Kansas. I bet. I'm sure. Uh, in, the, in the Hamptons, you know, like they say in the summer in the Hamptons. So, <laughs> We've heard. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't really get to do much in the Hamptons except the golf course. I was pretty locked in there. They worked us pretty good. But learned a lot there. And then um, worked as an assistant in Kansas City for a while at a couple places, a uh, couple private clubs there. And then I got my first break as a as a head superintendent um, doing a grow-in and construction project at a place called the Golf Club of Creekmore, which is a big housing project. Somehow I convinced those folks to hire a first-time guy to do a grow-in and construction. I don't know how I did it to this day, but I'm grateful. Very convincing. <laughs> I am. I had some good people that I worked for along the way. One of them's here with me, working with me now, uh, my mentor, uh, Woody Moriarty, who's my assistant director That's here right. now at, at Desert Mountain. How so, awesome is that? Yeah. So he, uh, I feel honored that he wanted to come out here and work, work for me. But he was one of the guys that paved the way for me to do that. And then I was uh, at Creekmore for seven years and uh, had the opportunity to go to Wolf Creek Golf Club, which is a golf club. Uh, exclusive high-end private club there and uh, got to meet some cool people tom watson being one of them along the way nice very nice good good friend of mine and just developed a good friendship and then that developed into me getting a call from uh bass pro one day to come down to big cedar and oversee all the operations down there they said uh, we have two courses we're getting ready to build three do you want to come work and i was like what and so, uh, make a long story short, I didn't think we'd ever leave Kansas City um, with my family and I, my wife and my daughter, but we did and went down to the Big Cedar and blessed to be a part of, to work with Johnny Morris and his team and to be able to build courses with Gary Player and um, That's special. Uh, uh, putting putting greens with Tom, Tom Watson practice greens and then Core Crenshaw, who I consider probably the two best architects, the best duo in the world right now, building golf courses, and then uh, finished it up with Tiger Woods' team. Wow. Building Payne's Valley. Um, Just dropping name after name. I know. I hate this. I asked you. I hate this. Nope, nope, nope. It's nope. uncomfortable for me. Nope, but. it shouldn't be. It's it's great storytelling, and, yeah. and it just kind of helps paint a picture of the experiences that you've had and, and the influences along the way, and so – we're just super excited that you got to share it with us. Well, thank you. I, like I said, I'm very blessed and very honored to, to be a part of it and uh, excited to be here. Good. And I'm sure the Desert Mountain members appreciate uh, someone with your type of credentials. And so that's impressive. That's Definitely. Great. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Someday soon, somebody's going to be dropping your name on the podcast. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Hopefully right. with Todd Bone. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. I hope Desert Mountain members are uh, know me more for what's behind us more more than that so and that's excellent segue um so fast forwarding now again back to july of 2021 it's a it's a balmy 100 and something degrees mm -hmm. it's supposed to be dry and in comes the rain yeah um at first it was like yay sprinkles yeah and then <laughs> days and days and days weeks later uh okay, now we've got a different situation to deal with. So what was that like for you? Very eye-opening. Eye like I said, um, you know, back in the Midwest where I'm from, you have uh, more vegetation outside your golf courses that slow water and hold things in place. 
and you don't have mountains like we do here. You know, we're not at a base of a mountain. And, um, and so the storms coming in really presented a challenge with the amount of water at one time and the, the, the amount of rain we got at one time. I mean, I've never been a part of a storm where we've gotten six and a half inches in two hours like we did in August. Mm. And that was up at Chiricahua and just the devastation behind it. And, you know, it was really as a leader coming in right off the get-go when you inherit a new team, you're trying to earn their respect and instill some new things. And, you know, we were trying to correct some things that were already going on. And then you have the a big kick in the you-know-what come mm-hmm. from Mother Nature like that and just shows you how fast it's a good it, first test it, it, it for can you, go right? away. Yeah. And so it was a big test for me right away. But kudos to my guys and to the team and everybody we kind of – pulled our boots on and went to work at it and had some help from some outside contractors. But a lot of, a lot of not just devastation physically, but just mentally with the team and, and with everything. And then also not just the physical construction side, but the disease side mm-hmm. that we had come in, the physiological size on the turf with the heat and the water. And I've chronicled that many times in my reports uh, being here, but, you know, had severe outbreaks of disease and stuff that, that, they just weren't used to having out here because the previous years were so dry and and just weren't ready for it. But uh, we're ready for it now and uh, going forward, and it won't happen again. But uh, but yeah, that was a that was a big eye opener coming big in. Big learning for sure. And so when Damon and team um, were speaking to you about Desert Mountain and this whole three three grassing plan, totally new um, and completely. Uh, unique at Desert Mountain versus any other club up and down Pima Road and in Scottsdale, which is because of our location, right? So how has that been managing that? I mean, it's not a one-size-fit-all type of scenario with grass. We have different varieties and different locations, different times of the year. So not not super straightforward stuff. Yeah. There's no perfect grass mm-hmm. for any market. Um, you know, being what we call the transition zone, which is where I was in the Midwest, you have the extreme highs and the extreme lows. You know, we were minus 13 one winter out there, last 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 year out there. So that presents a challenge in and of itself. Here, you know, people think the climate's relatively moderate, you know, the same pretty much all the time. And, you know, and then you get the extreme heat in the summer. So obviously the 3-3 has its challenges, but our elevation up here at Desert Mountain gives us so many advantages that a lot of people don't have that allows us to do that. And I think agronomically, um, we have to have plans in place to do that. And I think that we're instilling that now to where we'll be better off to do that. But the 3-3 is a great plan because it gives our membership a primo playing condition year-round and gives us the opportunity where a lot of people up and down Pima and in Scottsdale area don't have. And um, so I'm a big believer in it. And, um, you know, we have some things to work on and to tweak to make it right. And I think we're on the track to do that now. But um, but I think our plan overall will pay off and, and hopefully um, we'll continue to build on that. And just to explain it in a little bit of detail so people understand what the 3-3 actually means, um, because we kind of use it as part of our vernacular. But what does it mean and what does it represent, basically? So basically, you know, we have seven golf courses up here. Seven courses, a par three cool season turf, which which it's got fescue bluegrass. So it stays that way year round. Um, the three three is mainly for the the six championship courses. 
And what that means is we have three that are cool season turf, which are, you know, bent grass or ryegrass uh, turf and fescue. And then we have three that are uh, like the one behind us, Bermuda grass golf courses, which we have the flexibility that we can overseed or do partial overseeds like what you see behind or uh, leave dormant and do some uh, colorants on it and make it play really, really good and, and clean up. And so it just gives us a lot of flexibility to provide our, our golfers and our members, and they all provide a different playing surface. Um, and, you know, we, we, we have some things here to manage it right that we need to correct to make them play correctly, um, and we're, we're working on that, and um, I'm excited for it. So, Todd, you've been spending a lot of time with members since you've been here in your six months, most notably in the last, say, month, month and a half, a lot of meetings. Mm -hmm. So what has been, who, who are the folks that you've been sitting down with and what has been kind of the, the focus of these meetings? Well, I always appreciate meeting and talking to members. I feel like that's kind of one of my strengths is, is seeing it. I can't make things better. I can't give the membership what they want if I don't have interaction so the interaction and the communication is huge to me um and so we came up with the idea to host uh some like town hall meetings or question and answer sessions uh where we invited i think we have like uh a hundred uh golf leaders golf groups i think different golf groups something mm -hmm. like that yep. so we invited the, the leaders of those golf groups to come and be a part of a of a session uh with myself and damon uh, Diorio, our CEO, and John Leiberger, our director of golf, and Woody, my assistant director, was there with us as well. And just, um, you know, we basically explained to the members uh, kind of where we were when I got here, some of the stuff I just talked about, um, kind of some of the problem areas that we have that, that we're looking at and working on, and then kind of the direction that we're going. I mean, had a question and answer session with them, and you know, the questions range from bunker maintenance to, you know, why the bunkers play inconsistent and, you know, what can we do about it? And that's a complex answer. I you know, know. It's, it's, you, you were, you were starting to go there and you're like, is she going to, is she going to ask me <laughs> to talk about the bunkers? No, but I mean, it's, you know, bunk, bunkers are one of those things that, you know, they're not easy to play out of. And so they get a lot of attention. I mean, PGA tour, everybody spends a lot of time on bunkers. So that's one of the things that being a turf manager like myself, you can count on being an issue or being something you need to work on and getting consistency and in, in those is is a big challenge when you have them aged out like we do um over basically 30 years we have bunkers at different ages so they're going to play differently and everything around it makes it uh play different you know the watering practices and the things like that that we're working on and then i talked about you know watering too you know water is a huge issue in in the state of arizona um us at Desert Mountain right now are great on water. We don't have to worry about water right now. Um, whereas if you're on groundwater, because all of our water we get is reclaimed water um, from the city of Scottsdale. So as long as people keep flushing their toilets and keep <laughs> taking showers, mm. we'll have we'll have we'll have good water. It's treated. It's it's good water. It's it's not bad water. Um, and so we have we're blessed to have that. You know we're part of 25. We're tar part of a co-op with 25 other clubs. Um, to be a part of that you know there are a lot of golf courses that are limiting acreage down for watering you know having to get below the 90 i think it's like 96 or 98 acres i can't remember the exact number but we're all below that on all of our all of our golf courses with um, irrigated turf which is great and then um the fact that we're on the reclaimed water helps we get credits back for using the reclaimed water back to the club which is which is a good thing as well so 
those are all the topics. And then obviously there's been a lot of topics with golf course conditionings and, and some of the things coming out of the summer. Um, and when can we expect the golf courses to be in good shape? And again, that's another complex answer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nobody that wants them to be perfect more than myself and my team. Um, and uh, we're working hard to do that. Some of these things we can't just, they didn't happen overnight. Um, and they're not going to get fixed overnight. And some of them are just due to age. You know, we got some aging infrastructure out there. Cochise, for example, um, the irrigation system is 20, it's the originals from the 80s. We have probably a mainline, we have a mainline leak a week down there. And that's, that's not, you know, exaggerating. So a lot of repair work and things that we as a club uh, will need to work on. But we got a plan, um, you know, in 24, hopefully to be fixing that and be doing that. And so, there's a lot of challenges like that. Um, Renegade's been a hot topic um, with Renegade and the grass and everything. And, you know, we met with the Nicholas team to discuss that recently. We had a good conversation with them. We're waiting to hear back from them. And um, we should know more here coming up. But the club is fully prepared to uh, address all those issues and uh, and committed to, to fixing Renegade and making it as good as we can. You know, we know that that golf course went from the members' favorite golf course to one of the least favorite due to some design, due to the grass, due to some, some of the things. So we're looking at all that, and I'm excited, and I know that we'll do a very good uh, job at comprehensively making a decision as a group and um, as a team, you know, along with some member feedback. Were there any um, big aha moments that came out of these sessions that you had with these members that you were like, oh, my goodness, what did, you know, how, did, how did we not connect on this? I think the biggest thing is, is just – for me personally was the passion for golf um you know when you come to a place like this with what are we at to over two thousand members or, or you know a big place um you wonder how important golf really is and but with seven golf courses you can find it out but you sit in those sessions and you quickly understand how important it was and and the love and the desire of this membership to want to be the best and I tell people all the time, I didn't move my family across country to come to a place to be second. And, um, and I'm really passionate about that. And I've got, you got a very competitive person sitting here. So, uh, back to my athletic days and everything else. Um, so I don't like to settle to be last or second or, you know, I want to be the first and that's my goal. And that's what I'm charging my team with being. What are some of the, uh, I know you talked about some of the challenges, especially coming out of the summer and some of the challenges that are still going on right now. What are some of the high points right now? Because I know a lot of the courses are in great shape right now. Uh-huh. Uh, what are the what are the, the pros right now? Well, we had an unbelievable overseed this year. Um, Cochise and, and Outlaw right here behind me. I know that they've had a really good overseed here at Outlaw before. But Matt Hamburg, my superintendent here, he said he's been overseeding in the Valley for 19 years. He said this is the best year. And so just doing that, people ask me, you know, what did we do different? And I want to take all the credit because I'm the new guy, but I, the same guys were doing it. Um, I think it's weather, it's a lot of things, you know, we did do some fertility things leading into it that they hadn't done in the past. Maybe that, that would have helped. We had a great year of growing Bermuda grass this summer, great year for Bermuda grass. So that established a really good base, which helped us in our overseed. Um, but I'm really excited for that and really it, impressed with that also my team now like I have a very strong team now and um, really got a good good group of guys and women that are working towards a goal of making this place be- the best and um, 
we're all pulling on the same rope and we're all a big family now. So, uh, excited for that, you know, that quickly and in, in, into being at a place, you know, after you've done things a certain way for so long, it's hard for the new guy to come in. And I tried not to just change the world on them, but, um, but there were things that, you know, give them credit that they, they had to adapt to and, and change and hopefully everybody finds it for the, for the better. And I'm learning too, you know, um, not just everything I was doing where I was, could I, could I do, but I'm learning coming out here from them and, you know, there's a lot of really good people in place here. So, and I, and then I think the other thing is, is just the support that I've had um, from the senior leaders like Kim and the rest of our team and Damon and just the members and the board, um, just giving me that, that freedom to go do, you know, let me do what I want to do. And, and, and I'm grateful for that. Hopefully the challenges that you encountered right when you got here, Hopefully it won't get, you know, it's almost like it got to go downhill from here, you know, hopefully no more uphill well, battles. Well, sometimes what I do, sometimes in our business, um, the old adage of it's got to get worse before it gets better is true. Because um, to fix things under the ground, it's not, it's right. not pleasant. And that's where a lot of our issues lie, um, is where people don't see. And what's under the ground is what makes on top of the ground perform the way it does. And if under the ground, when I got hired, uh, I had to do a presentation, but I talked about it in my coffee talk of my approach, I guess I should probably start this off, but this is a good leeway into that, mm-hmm. is my three-legged <laughs> stool leeway, um, where it's chemical, biological, physical, uh, as the three-legged, you know, you can use a three-legged stool for anything in life, for how you do things in life. And anytime, if you have a leg of the stool that's out of balance, you're going to fall and that stool's not going to stand. And so I use that approach in turf management where chemically, biologically, and physically, and what I mean by that is physically being the dirt, the soil, compaction, Chemically being, what are we doing fertilizing-wise, feeding, treating, taking care of the plants, you know, fungicide-wise, and then physic- or then uh, biologically being, what are we doing to enhance that soil, to enhance under- underneath? And, you know, there was a big need for biological here, in my opinion, and uh, that takes a little while to fix. But once you get it turned around, it's, it's huge. And, um, you know, one thing we're doing, I don't know if you guys know, I don't even know if you know, but being a homeowner's uh, – probably have when we fertilize now you probably smell it smells a little different outside mm, mm-hmm. kind of like the county <laughs> and, fair and that is kind of smells <laughs> like the county fair but uh, that's my approach to getting our biological back because i'm a big believer in organic fertilizers mm. um, it does a whole lot of good for breaking down thatch material which we have a huge issue on every golf course underneath which is the dead material from the turf and uh it really helps your soil and, and adapt, and over time you'll be able to cut inputs once you get the soil healthy. Um, I was on a huge program back at Big Cedar with it and uh, really feel the benefit of it. And it's good for the environment, good for everybody. So when that's when you smell that. Just know that I'm making it better. We'll be remembering this exact <laughs> moment. I feel like that's a partially Todd the Kansas farmer talking a little right. bit too. Right. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I, I wasn't a chicken I wasn't I wasn't a chicken farmer though, so that's all that's that's mostly chicken <laughs> It's got a it's got a different different smell. It's funny, my dad had the feedlot in our little town. Um it was a big feedlot, but when the wind would blow a certain direction, everybody all, all my friends would be like what is that? I'd be like, that's what puts food on my table. <laughs> the smell is money, man. Yeah. So, how, so tell us how did, how does that pan out? Like get, paint a picture of timing and 
are we open during this uh, situation? Do we? Is this during one of our planned closures? We try to do it in the closure, and sometimes yeah. we do it. You don't even know. I mean, it's short lived, so we put it down. It smells initially, and then once we kind of water it in, or it rains in, it's gone the next day, and you don't really notice it. So, it's uh, it's good. It's a, it's a great product. It, I love it, it. It does a lot of a lot of a lot of good stuff. All natural. I, that's, I think a lot of people like that. The, or, the organic nature right. of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Go back to the basics, right? I agree. That's right. That's what, that's what it is. So do you, what are, what's like the most common question that you get from members? I think it changes, right? We're always like kind of evolving and responding to the, the breaking news of, of the day. And maybe a month or so ago, it was all about the renegade range. And then we put that really cool video together mm-hmm. to explain what that was going to look like. Has that do you still get questions about the Renegade Range? No. Nope. See? Nope. You got Great. it done. <laughs> so what's what, what am I working on next with you to, to help uh, answer I, questions? I think the most popular question I've, I got, besides bunkers that I already addressed, was, you know, when can we expect these golf courses to be back into their their shape? And, and it's a complex answer. You know, I wish I had a magic ball to say, uh, on July, whatever, 2022, it's going to be that way. But I hope that people realize that we're getting better. Hopefully my goal is, is that people come out and each time they play, they'll notice something that we're getting better at, whether it's the details outside cleaning up in the deserts or the actual turf itself or, or just, just some of those things. And, you know, we are listening to the membership and I, you know, we are trying to do things and, and better. And I think that's been the, the, the one thing. And then the other thing was, you know, green speeds, you know, coming out of the summer. Um, everybody wants those green speeds to be as fast and, and what, and as, as consistent as possible. And we do too, but, you know, coming out of a heat wave, like we did a summer unprecedented, you know, I have a friend that's been in the Valley for 29 years. He's grown up here and he's a superintendent at Whisper Rock. And he told me, he said, this is the worst summer he's ever been a part of Mm. this year. And, you know, there were some clubs up and down Pima that had issues this summer. Uh, they pushed their greens a little bit too far and had to shut down midway. And so you, as a turf guy, you want to please everybody, but you also got to have the long vision, long, long range goal in mind of being open all the time and providing consistent all the time. And sometimes that leads into a little softer conditions in the summer and a little slower because you're playing defense instead of playing offense. And as soon as the weather switch, man, I don't hear it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, so I told everybody is when the weather would switch, you know, our plan will, will take place. And we implemented some new policies and procedures. Um, I'm a very strong stickler on water. And I know uh, that's been the one thing. Another popular question from members is courses are, you know, been playing wet. And they were when we were growing in all that seed. We had a ton to repair after this summer at Chiricahua, at Apache, at Seven. Um, a ton and I don't think people realize how far we had to come and how much seed we put in the ground and had to grow and to grow seed you got to be you got to water you got you're going to be wet I knew that Um, I knew it was short-term pain for a long long long-term gain hopefully and you know our goal going forward is to produce strong turf you know so we don't have that issue on that grandest scale anymore and to have programs and plans in place which we do now um, to prevent that and, um, you know, just everything we do, everything we do in turf management is to get through July and August. Like, I, mm-hmm. like we're, we're already right now with what we're doing now is prepping to get us through July and August. Because <clears throat> if you have compaction in the heat of the summer, you can't water, 
your turf dies if you don't have oxygen in the ground. Oxygen's king, just like us, um, for turf. So everything we're doing, we're trying to manage all the wear and tear with aeration, with products, with everything to get through July and August. And, uh, you know, July and August last year cost us. And uh, we're uh, we're trying to pick up the pieces and put a plan together and, and be better going forward. And um, But hopefully the golf course is getting drier. I know we've gotten more rain recently. We've gotten four inches since last Friday, from Friday to Tuesday. Incredible. So, um, yeah, other, more, more rain than you bargained for since yeah, you've been here. Yeah, so we had a little storm damage this week, but you, you never can replace Mother Nature. Um, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, sodium, sodium problems coming out of our water. You know, with our reclaimed water, we do have some sodium issues we got to mitigate. But when Mother Nature rains, it's like a natural filter and it kind of resets it for us. So, um, it was a nice steady a of, rain too. It wasn't thing. like yeah. that slam into us kind of. Yeah, we it was. We we still had some heavier points that caused us some issues at mm. Chiricahua and Geronimo that my team's cleaning up right now. But but yeah, overall it was it was good rain. Good. And when in doubt, read the turf talk. Right. That's right. I mean, we kind of map it out on a on a weekly basis. And you have submissions coming in from each of your superintendents, right? So that's a, it's really like a great team report. That's right. And uh, in those talks with the group leaders, one of the first things I started out with is the question I'd ask is I said, how many of you in here read my uh, turf reports? In the first one, we had like 25 or so people in and like two or three people raised their hands. Uh-oh. And so just, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we put that out there to help encourage and to inform, you know, we want you informed and it's not like, you know, we're hiding behind anything or anything. We want to put it out there and my weekly reports are from my guys. I just put them all together and put them in a report, but that is the report that they give each week. And, um, it's a way for people to understand them. And I've encouraged my team to be out and about, um, mingling with the members coming by and saying hi at lunch and first tea and things and be visible. And I, I want my team to be that. We've done some video stuff too with uh, you and John Lieberger. Yes. Where we were able to put a drone in the air and, and kind of get yeah. a visual representation of what you're talking about. And yes. yeah, you guys are always very transparent and very informative. So yeah, members check out those videos too when they come out. Yeah. The videos are like they say, pictures speak a thousand words and those videos are hugely important to our success. And thank you to you guys and to Kim and uh, for helping us do that. And my, my uh, cohort, John, for his bad acting skills, I think in that in, the, in that last one, but we have tucking the shirt in. We we try to have fun together yeah. out there. Him and I have a good relationship, and uh, we have fun when we do them. And um, hopefully, they're beneficial to everybody as well. Yep, we've got a nice schedule ready for 2022 on turf talk videos. So cool. We'll be looking for those. Yep. What else do we have? Anything else we didn't mention today that you want to share with the members? Oh man, you're making me vulnerable Uh-oh. right now. I, I don't know. We about covered that. a lot of good stuff. I think we took a nice, nice little tour of Todd's brain and everything that's that's going on. So uh, my yeah. biggest takeaway was, you know, you didn't move your family across the country to be second. You know, you you're right. passionate about being here and about making Desert Mountain the the best uh, the best golf courses what in the area, in the, the big, nation, the in the big, world. The best, best they can the best be. we can be. So and, I think uh, I think we got our guy here. I think I can speak for Mike. Ever since the first turf talk we shot with you, when we introduced you, it was quite apparent your passion for what you do. I think that shines through with your crew. I think it's a winning formula when the crew has just as much passion as the members that are playing on the on the grass. Well, thank so. you. I, I have to watch it sometimes because um, 
my passion isn't always what everybody else's passion is. <laughs> and so I have to kind of gauge that. And people have different different passions, right? And um, We all want to win, Todd. We all want to win. Everybody <laughs> wants to win. Um, and, and so, but but I am a very determined and, uh, and go-getter and not afraid to, to be here to get the job done. So Cool. Awesome. Thank well, you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us today again, Todd. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Glad to be you. here. I think we're going to transition, though, a little bit. If you can stick around for a moment, we have a couple of shout-outs. As we always do, we always yeah. like to shout-out our, our great shots awesome. um, of our members who are, you know, playing these great golf courses that you've set up. So we have two to tell you about today that have happened in the last week. And the first one was uh, at 7, 18. I always like 18. I always like when you get a hole in one on 18. Oh, you just come that's in a hole strong in one. finish. Yeah. Yeah. And right there, everybody's watching. <laughs> and the bar is close, and now you right. got to buy yeah. cocktails. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that was Wednesday, December 29th, uh, and that was hole in one at 7. That was Mark. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Mark Hines. Congratulations. Right. Congratulations. <laughs> And then on a Sunday, January 2nd, uh, we had Audrey Azari with an eagle on number 10 right here at Outlaw. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. That's not easy. Number 10. Yeah. Hello. That's like, that's, that's a pretty good one. That's business. That's, that's getting after it. Good for her. So wow. congratulations, members, on the, on, uh, right. the, Those the are great shots. Fun. Yeah. Okay. So I think that rounds out the first podcast of the year. So. What do you think? Should we should we do these outside I more? I love the road show. I love the road show. Mm-hmm. Give us your feedback, members. Do you like the road show? I think we got a nicer backdrop than than being in the studio. I think there was probably a couple birdies that happened here behind, behind us. us. <laughs> yeah, the whole during the during the podcast here. There's a few places on this mountain you can have some good spots. Yep. Well, no shortage of, of views. No, no shortage. That is true. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming out today, Todd. And thank you. Craven Boys, once again. Thank you. Looking Thank you, forward Kim. to a Friday Jam this week. Every week. Every week. Yeah. You That's te- right. Or do we, should we tease that? Or yeah, we sure. Just, why not? Uh, well, you know, we've had some construction projects uh, going on recently uh, around mm-hmm. the mountain. Yeah. We had a comfort station go in at Renegade, which if you haven't had a chance to see, I'm sure most people have. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have clearly a huge project going on, the the shipping and the laundry shipping and yeah. receiving facility over by the fairways office, mm-hmm. uh, which is taking place currently. So we're just going to kind of give an update, uh, show what has, a, you know, how, kind of a finished product and how we got there with the comfort station and then uh, a little bit of update on, on where we're doing with. Don't give them too much information. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Let, my lips are sealed after yeah. that. I already gave the whole thing away. It's yeah. a teaser. <laughs> it's a teaser. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So how did these things come out of the ground? So we'll see a, a Friday Jam version of yes. construction projects. Yes. So looking forward to it. Cool. Okay. We will see everybody around the mountain. See you on the mountain. See you around the mountain. Take care. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. Bye-bye.